These are all suggestions. You know, at Wilma the Wonder Hand, we encourage you to make your own decisions, to make your own educated decisions, and you do what you think is right for your flock. Hot, hot, hot girl summer. Talk about hot girl summer. I got hot girl flock summer. Hey y'all, I'm Mel, and you are listening to Wilma the Wonder Hen. Are you a chicken mouth loving mama or daddy? Together we'll dive into the latest poultry keeping adventures, chat about everyday life, with a generous mix of some hilarious stories. Bringing you fascinating interviews with poultry owners from all over. You'll find tips and basic advice from your local veterinarian, along with new chicken keeping gadgets and reviews. I'm going to see what Mr. Jangles and Wilma has to say about that. We're going to encourage and help you build a stronger, healthier flock. Let's go see what Mr. Jangles and Wilma is up to. Let's go let these heifers out. Hey y'all, welcome back. We are so excited to have you with us today. I know it's been a couple of weeks since Wilma has uploaded a new episode. We did go on vacation. We went to California and hung out with a very special friend, Jennifer. And then when I returned, my sister, which I had not seen in several years, flew out to see me and took a little break. But don't worry, next week y'all are going to be uber excited because our guest next week is someone that you know quite well. And I'm not going to give too much information. It's going to be a surprise. So, But this week we're going to talk a little bit about broody hands, which is what we've been dealing with for the last several weeks. And we're going to talk a little bit about how to keep your chickens from combusting during the summer heat wave. Come on, y'all. Let's get this started. Currently, I have seven broody hens, and one of them is my tiny bantam, Miss May. May went missing, and I thought for sure something had nabbed her. Well, we were doing some repairs to the back of the house, and when they cut open the hole to look at the ductwork, there she sat in the corner, and I counted 20 eggs. Thankfully, nothing nabbed her, but I have one tiny hen and 20 eggs, and I do not know what I'm going to do with her. I did end up moving her at night and putting her in the maternity ward. She's now sitting. I don't know the hatch date. So my plan is to just monitor her, monitor the eggs, and figure out from there. To be careful and safe, I'll just keep a very close eye on her. Well, let's start with a little school. What is a broody hen? Basically, a broody hen is a hen who has decided to sit on eggs and hatch out baby chicks. Her hormones are a driving factor, and depending on your hen, this can make her, your hen a complete nutcase, a feathered freak of insanity. Now let's go over a few things first. A hen can go broody at typically any age. Usually you want your hen to be a mature hen before allowing her to sit. Now, Miss Pumpkin was broody shortly after laying her first couple of eggs. She ended up not hatching any of the eggs that I gave her. I did candle them, chicks in there, and towards the end, they just died. There was three eggs that were left after I'd candled the five that I did give her initially. Now, Miss Pumpkin is a very young chick, so she could have 
spent just too much time off of the nest. Maybe she didn't turn them correctly. I really don't know. I didn't really want her to sit. Well, it's a lesson learned. I will wait until Miss Pumpkin is much older and mature and we'll try again. If she chooses. Now, she didn't just end her broodiness on her own. Uh, once I realized the chicks were not going to hatch, I did have to break her. I removed the remaining eggs and I took away her nesting material. And uh, that seemed to do the trick after a couple of days. I will say, not all hens that are genetically inclined to sit are fit to hatch out chicks. Even if they have that characteristic bred into them, not all hens are made for motherhood. Some will leave the nest before hatch date, and some will kill their newly hatched chicks. Hell Chicken is an example of that one. She's not allowed to sit, and uh, none of her bloodline is, which is like Butterball and Mary. And she is not allowed to sit either. Not all hens will go broody in their lifetime. A lot of the hatchery birds um, that you purchase your chicks from, they do lack the genetic disposition to sit. They've been bred for egg production and not baby making. Because once a hen goes broody, egg laying stops. And honestly, that is not a quality that a lot of people want. I do receive a lot of questions on how to get a hen to go broody. My honest answer is you can't. It's either in their genetic makeup or it's not. Now you can encourage a previous broody mama by maybe leaving a few eggs for her on the nest. Start by making a quiet kind of homey place for her to hang out away from the other hens. A broody mama tends to find the most secluded place, hence why Miss May was underneath my house. They like that warm privacy that will sometimes encourage a mama hen, a previous mama hen, to, you know, start thinking about those babies. But you cannot force a hen that does not have that characteristic to go broody. Now, if you do have a broody hen, there are some things that you need to think about. Um, do you want to increase your flock size? Do you live in a place that has a limit on flock size? Do you have the proper space to house a mama hen and baby chicks? We here have a maternity ward, which is just a coop that has two separate sides with two separate runs. And this is to create a safe environment for the mama and the baby chicks. The rest of the flock can see them through the run, but they are also protected. And this pre prevents any other hen trying to sneak into the mama hen's nest and lay an egg um, into the nest that she is sitting on. You have an increase or a risk, a higher risk of cracking a hatching egg. And it is not something that we like to do here. So I do keep them separate. Now, I say those things um, because I want to encourage anyone with desire and the ability to take care of a broody hen, a mama hen, and the baby chicks. 
So if you have the space, you have the financial ability and your housing or your wherever you're living is there's no cap on how many chick how many chickens you can have in your flock, then yes, I always encourage you to hatch out uh, let a mama hen hatch out baby chicks. Uh, it is a great experience. It's a wonderful learning experience. And it's something that a mama hen, it's something that you don't forget because a mama hen, a good mama hen and baby chicks, to watch them interact is quite amazing. The mama hen will always, always be able to teach the baby chicks more than we can. And it's a great fun experience. Here at the Heifer Farm, it is the only way that we have baby chicks. I do that through a broody mama. Uh, sometimes I will use the uh, specific eggs from a specific hen here that I already have on the Heifer Farm. And if I do want to add in a new bloodline, I will purchase hatching eggs. But it is always something that I kind of plan out. I usually do like to wait for Coco or Mama Reba, one of my more experienced hens that has proven themselves to be a good mama hen before I make a big purchase on hatching eggs. I did make this mistake not too long ago. Mama Mary, I let her sit, which is actually kin to Butterball, which is why Butterball is not allowed to sit. Mary, mama Mary has sat in the past. And Mama Mary leaves the baby chicks too soon for my for too soon for my liking. This last time when I purchased some pretty expensive hatching eggs, Mama Mary decided to leave the nest on day 20. So Mama Mary is on the no-fly zone. She will not be hatching out any more baby chicks. My goal for my flock is to develop a flock that is very hyper aware of their surroundings. Um, that is also produces a bloodline of strong mama hens. These are characteristics that I want bred into my flock. And through Mama Mary, the one that left the nest, hell chicken, those types of characteristics I do not want within my flock. So yeah, that's why. I've received quite a few kind of rude messages of why I didn't allow Butterball to sit. And I don't want to be judgy because maybe these people really don't quite understand. Not all hens are fit for motherhood and I don't want that in my bloodline, period. Now, like I said, I have seven broody hens. My maternity ward houses two separate mama hens. I currently have Mama Reba's chicks in there. Mama Reba is a baby making machine and she is a very good mother. She is very attentive, very compassionate, but she's also very stern. Her babies are now fully feathered out. She gave off true signs the other day that she was ready to return to Cash and her little flock with Loretta and Miss June. So these are the signs that I look for. And this is what Mama Reba was displaying. She was no longer calling the baby chicks to the food. She was eating first. And she had taught them to roost on their own and not with her in the nesting box. So she had already made like a separation. Um, these are all good solid signs that a mama hen is ready to move on. I don't let their behavior go much further before moving her. Because eventually she'd start to bully the little 
youngins and we don't want that. So you just need to be aware of the mama hen's behavior around her chicks. You need to keep a close eye and this will keep things to a minimum, any type of, you know, injury to the baby chick. Because once mama hens are finished with her chicks, now this can be dependent on the hen. Uh, mama Reba is a typical mama hen, you know, eight to 10 weeks. Uh, there are other hens like Coco who will sit with their chicks for up to three months. So it really is just dependent on the mama hen. But typically you want them to be feathered out, you know, before a mama hen leaves them. Because if not, then you're probably going to have to step in, you know, make sure they're getting all the care that they need. Plus now mama, mama Reba's chicks and I can be more bonded and spend more time together without the mama hen, you know, protecting her babies. Okay, so what do you do when you have a broody hen and you don't want chicks? Maybe you can't afford to add more chicks. You may be in a situation where you are limited on how many chickens you can have in your flock. So here are some tips that I have implemented over the years that I guess are tried and true that you can kind of break a broody. First of all, I remove all temptation, meaning removing all eggs immediately or as soon as physically possible. Do not give her a chance to get all snuggle and warm. You can separate her and do not give her any nesting materials. A wire bottom cage for a day or two. It does sound cruel, but it's really not. It's what I did with Butterball. Uh, two days in a wire bottom cage. She had plenty of food and water. She had no nesting materials. A broody hen is not going to be laying any eggs, so she does not need nesting material anyways. And this actually broke her out of her wild, insane, broody spell. Snapped right out of it. As a cautionary opinion, please do not dunk your hen into a bucket of cold water I have witnessed this a couple of times online. I am not shaming anyone. We all need, uh, maybe we need guidance to know to do better. So dunking your hand into a bucket of cold water probably will break her out of her broodiness. I don't think it's, I think it's cruel. First of all, your hand needs their feathers to cool themselves and they need their feathers to warm themselves during the cold winter months. So when those feathers are wet, they are unable to trap air in between them that will help cool them or warm them up. There are better alternatives that are not so drastic. So please, let's not go that route. Now you may have to repeat the wire cage for a few days. Continue removing any eggs if you do not separate her. If you're trying to break her and you don't have the area to separate her, continue removing those eggs that the other members, hens of the flock are laying. Don't give her a chance to get to any of those. Hopefully, the goal is that she will give up eventually. You don't want a broody hen to continue on in her broodiness because during that broody state, she is not going to be eating as much as she normally is. She is not going to be drinking as much as she normally should as much as she should. So this is very detrimental to the hen to allow her to sit 
when she is not sitting for a purpose. So we want to be efficient and fast in breaking her if you are not going to allow her to sit. It is not good for the hand's health. It's just not. I am definitely a huge fan of broody hands and an unofficial spokesperson for broody hands. I absolutely love a good broody hand. I will never hatch any other way. Now, I did get an incubator for my birthday this year. I've never had one, but I am super excited. I'm going to use it as a backup in case, you know, there is a situation like Mama Mary where she got off the eggs at day 20. I probably could have saved more than I did if I had a backup incubator. I do it for prevention of, you know, bringing in live chicks with the potential carrying some type of disease that could be detrimental to my whole flock. But no judgment from anyone who purchases all those cute little baby chicks. That is just how we do it. And uh, it works for us. We all know that it is hot as Hades right now. And everyone is suffering. My flock is burning up and about to combust. And I know I've witnessed and talked to so many of our chicken community friends. And their flock really feeling the heat right now. There are a few things that you can do to help minimize heat stress. I know my flock is hot and bothered right now. And no, we're not talking about broody hens. We are talking about heat stress. I'm feeling heat stress. They're feeling heat stress. Uh, Your egg production is probably down. These are just typical things during the very hot summer months. But these are a few things that I've used over the years that has helped the heifers. And you can easily implement these into your flock. You want to make certain their waters are fresh and cool. You can achieve this by putting their water in a shady spot. I know the allergy is so nasty during the summer heat. So changing the water often does help cut down on that too. It's super important having shady spots for your flock to hide under. Now this can be anything from a tree, a bush, to a beach umbrella. You know, just give them some place to go out of the direct sun. Dust bathing is probably one of their number one lifesavers during the heat. Uh, Dust bathing will help protect their feathers, the cool sand. You know, you want to put their dust bathing area in the shade if at all possible. Also, please, please be careful if your ladies are wearing hen saddles. We need to check those you know, the straps often and remove them on some of the hottest days. If your hen has a lots of tread wearing from the rooster, you know, lots of feather loss, you want to be extra careful because that bare skin can get sunburned. So have them a place to go. You can also serve up frozen vegetables, frozen fruits, you know, add some fruit to their water. Give them choices of electrolyte water, but you also want to have on uh, available to them is a separate water with just water, no electrolytes in it. They need to have a choice. Now here on the Hover Farm, during the hottest times of the year, I do not free feed. I know that sounds cruel, but I really don't. I feed them in the morning and then In the evenings, I will feed them again, and then I will give them their frozen treats or, you know, very hydrating fruits like watermelon. 
I do portion out, you know, enough and I do spread their feed pans out so that everyone has an opportunity to get some of the feed and water. I have several watering stations. I have extra little water pots throughout the yard just in case, you know, something gets knocked over or or you have a hen that is at the bottom. A lot of times they will wait to you know, make their move to the waters or the feeders. And this gives them an opportunity to get what they need without having to fight for it. So just think about that, you know, keep that in mind. If you have a big flock like I do, I have to be creative. You know, a smaller flock, you probably don't have to do so many extreme things, but it's always good to have that in the back of your mind when you're setting out the feed and the water. Now, I have seen some of my friends, they do set up little misters for them and maybe like a small mud puddle. You can, you know, wet it down to it's just a little bit of, you know, like a mud puddle you're going to splash in. And this way they can dip their feet into it. That is another way that they can cool off by standing in it. Recommend that you do not use the nipple waters during the summer. Now, obviously, if that's all you have, then, you know, that's fine, too. But if you can, along with the nipple waters, you know, put a another water within your run or wherever you have your water located, something they can dip their beak into when they dip their beak into the water, like a little bucket or a regular fountain water. This will also get their comb into the water, and this also helps them stay cool. I do know several people that utilize box fans or several box fans. Uh, their run, uh, this is an option if you have access to electricity down at your coop. You can also take a um, cooler and fill it full of bags of ice and let the fan kind of blow over that. It creates like a misty area. Uh, they probably won't stand in front of it. You don't want it directly pointed at anywhere in their face, but out in the open uh, in a run situation, that would be that would be a good idea. You can also spray down if they are in a fenced-in area, you know, kind of wet it down to keep the dust uh, at a minimum. These are all suggestions. Maybe you have some that you've used or utilized for many, many years and you can share them with us too. We'd love to hear it. Now, all of these are just ideas and suggestions. These are just things we've used over the years. You know, reduce the amount of heat stress that my flock has. We are in Tennessee. The high today was 92. So it is very, very hot here as well. Now, if you feel like your flock is um, becoming overheated, you need to think quickly. You need to act quickly because heat stress can kill a bird very quickly. You may have to bring your birds inside. You know, you have to make that judgment for yourself. These are all suggestions. You know, at Wilma the Wonderhand, we encourage you to make your own decisions, to make your own educated decisions, and you do what you think is right for your flock. And one more thing, please do not throw your chicken into a pool. I have witnessed a couple of those. I don't know if that's for views or what that was. I just, chickens are not ducks, okay? They're not going to swim. This is not a beach-themed flock party. 
I'm sure most of y'all can relate that we do get anxiety and stress and worry because we want what's best for them. We want to keep them healthy. We want to keep them strong. And sometimes we get overwhelmed. I know I get overwhelmed. I think that uh, is probably from a lot of tra trauma as a child. I don't speak a lot about that. And this, I don't know why this came up all of a sudden, but I just felt it on my heart to discuss a little bit of that. My flock sure makes me happy. It really alleviates a lot of uh, sadness sometimes. I think trauma in childhood leads to some weird behavior as adults. It does for me. I do over obsess a lot over things. I don't really talk a lot about that on Wilma the Wonder Hand. I seem very happy, which is a lot of comments I get is I'm very happy and and they appreciate that uh, brightness in their life. And I do uh, have a bright spot now. It took a many, many years to overcome a lot of things that I don't really talk about because it's very, very dark for me. But maybe in another episode, we'll go a little bit more into it. If y'all are interested in any of that, I know it doesn't really have anything to do with chickens, but it kind of does. Uh, chickens are my therapy, which I know a lot of our listeners do use chickens as therapy. Uh, I know there are other animals that can be utilized, you know, as companions. And my chickens are my companions. I absolutely love my family and they are always there for me, my daughters and my husband and my friends. But there's just something about sitting out there with them in a peaceful environment, no one else around. And it's just me and them. It does soothe my soul. I am very thankful that the Lord uh, brought them into my life, and we are thankful for y'all. Uh, I appreciate every one of you, and I will see you next week with some amazing guests. The future at Wilma the Wonder Hen podcast has some very exciting things coming up, and we'll talk about that next time. Until then, y'all, I really hope this episode kind of gave you some insight into the broody world and a few tips on heat stress. If you found value in this episode, take a screenshot of this and tag me on Instagram and tell me how you are working through your broody hands if you have one and how you are alleviating some of that hot, hot, hot girl summer. Talk about hot girl summer. I got hot girl flock summer. These heifers are heifer bougie. Bye y'all. I'm Mel, and you are listening to Wilma the Wonder Hen. 